Welcome is indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today. Okay, breaking down news of the day. She's back, Yasmin Aliyah Khan. And she's host, Global Thread Podcast, Rebel HQ contributor. Also in the bullpen today, we have Armstrong Williams, broadcaster, owner, and journalist, host of the news, host of a few podcasts. And he will talk about the Will Smith, Chris Rock incident, and Clarence Thomas. Should be interesting. All right, top story of the day. A federal judge has said it. It is now in written record. A federal judge says Donald Trump likely committed a felony obstruction here. It is on the record now. Let me give you background to this. A US judge ruled on Monday that former President Donald Trump more likely than not committed a felony by trying to pressure his vice president to obstruct Congress and overturn his election defeat on January 6th, 2021. The judge who has been bold enough to say this, his name is Judge David Carter. Let's put up a picture of Judge Carter out of the US District Court, okay? Now, I wanna remind everyone, more and more information comes out, right? Now we know that the wife of Justice Clarence Thomas, she, Virginia Thomas, she was involved not only at the rally, she was involved in the damn planning of it. She's the one that encouraged Meadows and others, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do here. I mean, this is about God, it must be done. Stand up this president, stand up for democracy. Then Clarence Thomas becomes the only dissent, the only justice to vote against the January 6th committee and their investigation because he knew his wife was tremendously involved. There's more. US District Judge David Carter in Los Angeles made the assertion in a written ruling that found the House of Representatives committee probing the attack on the US Capitol has a right to see emails written to Trump by one of his then lawyers, John Eastman. Now it's important to note, John Eastman completely disagrees, but says he will in fact comply. Judge Carter said that Republican Trump's alleged plan to overturn his November 2020 election defeat to Democrat Joe Biden amounted to a coup. The court finds it more likely than not, this is the ruling, that President Trump corruptly attempted to obstruct the joint session of Congress on January 6th, 2021. Carter said in a written decision adding, the illegality of the plan was obvious. Trump's representatives did not respond to request for comment. Now we're going somewhere with this, okay? Let's count the variables. We have a federal judge who has gone on record and said based on the information he has been able to examine, Donald Trump is likely in violation of federal law. Now we know the complexities of a sitting United States president. Even though people say things like presidents are not above the law or nobody is above the law, that's a damn lie, okay? They have proven over and over again, they are in fact above the law. But the constitution does not provide an iota 
of information, of context, of content that suggests that an ex-president is above the law. Truly, no president is actually above the law, current or ex, but the culture eats that policy alive. We have a culture of not prosecuting ex-presidents, at least not in criminal court. There's more. Carter's findings marked a breakthrough for the Democratic-led January 6th Select Committee, which earlier this month said it believed Trump might have committed multiple felonies. So the judge agrees. The panel is expected to make a formal request to the US Justice Department that it consider charging Trump. Good for them. Guess what? Not a damn thing will happen. Now that's my opinion. I'm hoping they prove me wrong. I'm hoping the DOJ simply fascinates me with actually applying the law and charge Donald Trump and his cronies. But that has not happened. The court's ruling today is a victory for the rule of law and clears the way for the select committee to obtain materials and poured it to our investigation. The committee's chairman, Democrat Thompson said of Missouri, and Vice Chair Republican Lynn Cheney of Wyoming, they said this in a joint statement. Good for them, right? Hey, this is a victory for us, right? But what kind of victory? Is it a political victory or is it more substantial than that? Because Trump needs to be locked the hell up, okay? Trump needs to go to jail. You all keep playing with him. If he gets back in power, kiss your democracy goodbye. He will have all y'all asses locked up. Watch, keep playing with this guy. Now you got everything you need here. You got evidence, you got burner phones, you got content, you got context, you have written material, you have witnesses, you have under oath witness testimony, you have it all. You got a federal judge saying, hey, you know that ex-president, he committed a felony. You need to do something about it. You got it on the record now. And you're releasing joint statements. This is a victory for the January 6th committee. Look what we've done. We have scored a political point. The hell with your political points. The entire democracy is at stake here. And you keep playing political games and he's playing for keeps. There's more. Both Carter and the committee lack the power to bring criminal charges against Trump. That decision would need to be made by US Attorney the Attorney General Merrick Garland. All right, I'd be damned. <laughs> Don't hold your breath, okay? You know, the powerful and the politically well connected and the rich, they are slippery than slime. They have a way of getting away with everything. We shall see what happens. That's your update. Obviously, we're going to continue to bring you more updates as they come. My dear sister, what are your thoughts here? Ooh, a lot of thoughts. Uh, one thing that I really like that you did touch on is the difference between a political victory and an actual victory. Right. We always see these joint statements. We see, you know, people celebrating this happened or this person said that. It doesn't matter as long as nothing actually comes from it. So you have um, one thing that did come out with this judge's ruling because initially I was like, what is the point of? saying that somebody probably committed something. But now that the judge has ruled in 
in the committee's favor, the committee now has access to a lot more evidence that can lead to an actual conviction hopefully for Merrick Garland eventually, whenever that does come out. But you know, the political victories, we're all tired of it. And it's, it is important, everything that's happening now is pretty critical. It's so good that we were able to get Trump out of office after only four years, because who knows what these next four years would have been like with Trump as a president. And now people are getting impatient because now we finally have him out of office. There's a threat that he's going to run again in 2024 and polling indicates that he might actually win. It's pretty strong polling so far. So we don't have a whole lot of time to get done what needs to get done. The other thing I want to touch on is that people are going to say that it's a slippery slope convicting ex presidents of felonies and things like that. But we've never had a situation like this in our history. This is pretty unprecedented where we have strong, strong evidence that there was an attempted coup on our democracy, that there was an attempt to overturn a democratically elected president, overturn all those results put another guy in place, which is not acceptable in one of the world's greatest democracies or whatever we try to tell the world that we are anymore. This is our reputation, this is our lives, this is our everything our country was founded on, what it stands for that's at stake and we can't, we can't mess around with it. And you're right, it is a slippery slope, all slopes are slippery. If you do absolutely nothing, you can never arrest a president of the United States or ex president for anything. Nothing, because this would have set the bar that says presidents and ex-presidents are 100% completely above the law. Innocent man jailed for 28 years, framed by the police. Seeking justice, the cops have to go to court that framed him, the judge decided to continue to push the case down, push it down the road. So much so that the man died before exacting justice against these cops who framed him. Let's put up his picture. His name is William Ricky Virgil. He spent 28 years in prison for murder. He did not commit DNA evidence cleared him. He has now passed away. He passed away before his wrongful conviction lawsuit was able to proceed. He filed a federal lawsuit against two former Newport, Kentucky police officers who allegedly framed him. They were scheduled to go to trial last August, but a judge decided to delay the proceeding, allow the officers to pursue an immunity claim in a higher court. That's a rare but legally allowable judicial move. Virgil's lawsuit called for monetary compensation from the cities of Norwood, Cincinnati and Newport and officers and their police departments for the years he spent in prison. The detectives who allegedly fabricated a case against Virgil argued they have qualified immunity. Virgil's attorney, Elliot Slosar, told a federal court last summer he feared that at 70 years old, his client would die before he gets a chance to confront the officers. Now I want to remind you once again, we're back to the qualified immunity dynamic, right? Okay, so let me explain this. If the cops framed him, they should not qualify for qualified immunity. And here's why, qualified immunity covers 
what's called in the course of your job. Framing someone, if you are the police and you are engaged in framing a person, that is not in the course of your job. A judge knows that, a judge is well aware that you do not get to claim qualified immunity if you actually frame somebody. So when the judge said, we're going to allow you to seek a qualified immunity defense through a judicial motion with a higher court. What that judge is saying is, I know good and damn well, this is bogus as far as you getting qualified immunity. But if I delay this hearing, this other guy who's the victim of your frame will likely die before the case is adjudicated. Follow me so far, these are the games they play. All right, there's more. Let me give you some background on the original case, okay? Virgil was convicted for murder of his lover, Retha Welch, all right? Let's put up a picture of Miss Welch. He was convicted of that murder. This was in 1988 based on a jailhouse snitch testimony and circumstantial evidence. Miss Welch was a psychiatric nurse was raped and stabbed 28 times, struck on the head and left for dead in a bathroom floor, on a bathroom floor. Virgil met Welch while she was ministering to inmates in jail. And he said they were in a relationship when she died. Virgil had recently been released from prison when Welch was killed. Virgil claimed his innocence from the beginning. Black man, white woman, black man with criminal history, white woman dead, has a connection to the black man, black man, found guilty, didn't do it. DNA evidence exonerated him, cops framed him, okay? How was he proven innocent? Here it is, with the help of the Kentucky Innocence Project, big ups to them. A court, the court ordered a review of DNA in the case in 2010. DNA from the vaginal swab and hair found at the scene excluded Virgil as the killer. In 2015, the court granted Virgil a new trial. Virgil's former cellmate, Joe Womack, said Newport police detective Norman Wagner gave him cash and details of the case and promised to write a favorable letter to the parole board in exchange for his testimony. In light of the new evidence, a judge threw out Virgil's conviction. It gets deeper. During Virgil's Civil suit evidence of Welch's actual killer was revealed. Two days before Welch's body was discovered by a coworker, Newport police fatally shot someone named Isaac Grubbs, who was armed with a knife at the time. The medical examiner estimated that Welch was killed two to three days before she was found. Grubbs knife was entered into the exhibit in Virgil's trial, Lester Caudill. One of the officers who shot Grubbs said on the oath, he found out that Grubbs was a suspect in Welch's murder after the shooting. Prosecutors destroyed Grubbs knife in 2005, but left two other knives included in the evidence. So what do we have here? We have detectives involved in the cover up. We have prosecutors involved in the cover up. And while it is so sad that this brother who was arrested and convicted and served 28 years, while that is a tragedy and he died before getting full justice, why are we not talking about locking up the prosecutor or filing criminal charges against the police officers who engaged in this cover up? Show a picture of the judge that decided to enact this legal move so these cops would not be held accountable. That's a US District Judge David Bunning. 
was the one who agreed to delay the case for the cops appeal. The appeal is now therefore the US 6th District Court at the US 6th District Court of Appeals. And a trial may not take place until 2023 if it takes place at all. You see, the criminal justice system is not broken. It's working the way it was designed to work. The criminal justice system was created to penalize, criminalize black people in particular and historically marginalized people by extension. The criminal justice system does not need to be fixed, it needs to be broken, all right? Okay, Ms. Khan, thoughts here? Lots of thoughts again. You know, one time I was talking to a cop and he was trying to discuss systemic racism with me, and it was very clear very early on in the conversation that he didn't really understand what systemic racism was, even though he thought that the people thought of him as a perpetuator of it. Now, whenever we talk about systemic racism, there are so many different applications of it. And this is just one of them. You know, It wasn't one cop who was racist against this one guy. It wasn't a jury that was racist against this one guy. It was the judges, it, were, it was the cops who were involved. It was the actual criminals. And all of that was stacked up against this one innocent person who was just a scapegoat. Whenever we talk about jailing and things like that, especially over the course of 20, 30 years, that's a lifetime for some people. You know, like I, I'm 33 years old. That's the majority of my life confined into a cell, not knowing what the rest of the world is for something that I didn't do, right? I consider myself a pretty empathetic person. I can't even imagine what that must be like. And then on top of that, the fact that he died before ever seeing justice, he doesn't know American justice. You know, we put so much stock in our justice system, in our systems in general, right? We have our the three branches of government and everything is supposed to be so elite and so well thought out and so brilliant in its foundry and its execution. And the reality is that we have so many cases like this. When you think about how many people are incarcerated in the United States, how many of them are suffering a similar state? Uh, fate to Mr. Virgil here. That's it's right. it's kind of mind boggling to think about. And then there's all these inefficiencies and intentional delays, bureaucracy. I mean, you're playing with people's lives and it's really easy to forget that. You know, The more you postpone something, that's another month, two months, years that somebody has to sit in a jail cell. So yeah, and the we, attorney we, we lose the it. humanity of it. Yeah. yeah, and the attorney logged it for the record. He told the judge, you know, my client is probably going to die if you do this. Yeah. And the judge did it anyway. Decatur, Georgia, realtor goes to a house. House has a noose, not one, multiple. The house then has a um, a figurine, if you would. It's white, pristine. Let's go to the video. So today while visiting in the open house, the house next door, apparently they didn't want any black neighbors. They knew that there would be plenty of traffic coming through in and out. Um, they have a white lamb indicating white people, I guess, and the monkeys indicating black people hanging from a tree. And it says sometimes you have to pick the gun up to put the gun down. Black lives matter, question mark, question mark, question Obviously a racist display, right? We got some background to this and I think we've identified the person behind it. Let me give you some insight. This horrendous racist display was in Decatur, Georgia. 
this is to scare away black folk from coming into that community, all right? That's what this is about. Uh, let's go to the second video. After the open house, my client and I, we had a showing there. We pulled up to the property and as soon as we were pulling in, he was walking inside and taking out the last few bits of picket signs, news, monkeys, lamp, everything out of his yard. His yard was clear, everything was gone. Um, I don't know if the neighbor caught him, like, last this black realtor, you know. <laughs> I definitely know that this is not the end of this. These neighbors have been enduring this for over a year now. Um, they've complained to the news, local news station, to the police. Um, he's been arrested several times for this hate crime stuff, but it goes no further than that. Isn't that something? Uh, in the video, uh, Shia, that is her name on the account, mentioned that uh, TikTok banned her account and removed the video initially saying it violated community guidelines regarding hate speech. She was exposing hate, not promoting it. Let's show a screenshot so you can get an idea of what this looks like. You see that people had to pass that, people live around that. A realtor goes around that house to that community and there it is. One commentator suggested that the homeowner was a previous offender named James Edward Avery. A report from local station WSB TV in September 2017 covered neighborhood complaints against Mr. Avery, who indeed appeared to have an identical display of lynched monkeys hanging from a tree. Let's put up a picture of 2017. Now call me crazy, but that is the exact same display, okay? Who's behind it? Put up the picture of Mr. James Avery. Yeah, we found him, there he is. Mm-hmm. Take a good look at him because he's proud of this. At the time of the 2017 reporting, DeKalb County Police said the messaging fell under freedom of speech. In February 2018, Decaturish reported that Avery's neighbors begged DeKalb County to intervene for years until he was finally charged in 2017 under a local code that specified and the square footage allowed for signage. The excessive signage violated violation landed him $10,000 in fine and five years probation. But Avery broke the terms of his probation and received a sentence of 30 days in jail. Uh, in 2018, according to the publication Decaturish. Now, I want to remind you initially, uh, law enforcement and those in elected leadership said, "Oh, there's nothing we can do. Uh, this is all covered by freedom of speech. The community continued to advocate and all of a sudden they found a code, they found a statute that actually did apply. You know, there's another one. There's an ordinance about obscenity, um, offensiveness. Uh, they decided not to apply that. They could have applied that as well. Uh, Typically, you have to encourage, advocate for the laws to be applied to white supremacists. It is amazing to me that it took this much to get some movement. And it is amazing to me that initially the elected leadership of that locality decided not to engage the community properly. All right, Ms. Khan, thoughts on this? 
You know, whenever people are dealing with a racist situation, the onus is on the victim to prove that somebody was acting racist towards them. And a lot of times it's a very, very difficult thing to do because there's so many ways to explain away what could be perceived as racism, right? So even when I was first initially watching the TikTok, I thought, wow, you know, yeah, there's a lamb over here, there's monkey. Like it's very obvious imagery to most people, but it's something that people could, if they really wanted to, dispute. Say, no, that's not what that represents. But then as she kept panning, it was like Black Lives Matter and all the question marks. It's like, how overt do you have to be before this is an actual hate crime? Right, how much do you tolerate before you say we should actually do something about this? And the sad part about all of this is that his goal was probably effective. You know, if if I walked up to a house and I was considering buying a house in this neighborhood and I saw that, even if the guy no longer lives there or whatever the case is, I don't want that house anymore. So he might, I mean, it, it sucks because. At the end of the day, he might have actually gotten what he wanted. I mean, we don't know because the story hasn't concluded yet, but it, it's it's really sad. And then all the, the mechanisms that are in place to prevent things like this from happening and then whether or not they actually work is up to the people in charge. And a lot of times those things come down to one or a handful of people deciding to do what they're supposed to do or not. Yep, that's right, very well said. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Good to be back with you. I got a lot of comments to read. Let me remind everybody, all right? The watch list, okay? That's every weekday. Subscribe, subscribe to the watch list with JR Jackson on youtube.com forward slash watch list TYT. Follow and like on facebook.com forward slash watch list TYT. Live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Find out the stories you should be paying attention to in news. Politics, culture, current events, sports, and more. Uh, don't forget membership, all right? Resistance against the establishment is a constant battle. We need all the, all the help we can get, that includes you, right? Become part of TYT's progressive change machine. Help facilitate positive change in the world by becoming a member. Real easy, real simple, tyt.com forward slash change. And right after Indisputable, we got Ravana, right after Indisputable, twitch.tv forward slash TYT, catch an all new episode. Uh, and don't forget, Indisputable is on podcast, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, everywhere. All right, make sure you check us out on podcast, take us on the go. All right, let me get to some of these comments. I am Sock says, our justice system is so messed up that a judge saying something completely not binding is a big deal when the person is rich and powerful. You are so right. And he's the first judge to say something about Trump being a felon. Good for him. All right, make you see the silver hair dragon. Um, we don't prosecute presidents or Supreme Court justices or senators. Maybe representatives um, of the crime is egregious enough. Uh, maybe representatives if the crime is egregious enough. Other than that anyone else's fair game, unless you're married to one of the above or children of one of the above. Uh, Daniel DeLeon, Ford pardoned in Nixon set the culture. That's right, very well said. Uh, David Morris, TikTok only, went, only want black people doing cool dance moves, not reporting on ugly realities. 
very good point. All right, let me read one more. Uh, Sean underscore PT, I wish these people went to bed and woke up in the morning looking exactly like those they hate so much. <laughs> yeah, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're I feel free, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Seriously, if not, I'm gonna have to start slamming on the door. I'm not okay with that. No, you know what? I'm, I'm not, not okay with that. Clinging to my. You can't face it. You're not gonna try that. Yeah, the Karenicity in this one runs deep. As she's walking by a property, she sees the camera doorbell. And she's not okay with that. So she commits criminal trespass, destruction of property, criminal mischief, and a few other things in order to break the camera and set it away from the street, okay? Uh, She was uh, arrested, she was charged with crimes. This Karen will have to face a judge. Uh, Let's put up a picture, put up a still of the Karen, get a good look at her, all right? The viral TikTok shows a woman in Pennsylvania tearing down a neighbor's ring door uh, doorbell camera before eventually being confronted and charged by the police, yeah. The TikTok user Caroline Covert says she believes the woman became irate after the ring camera verbally stated that it was recording. A feature that activates when motion is detected. The woman can be heard stating, I'm not okay with that before approaching the camera and attempting to pull it off the TikToker's home. Now here's the reality. Let's put up a picture of the Karen again. You see all those houses behind her? Likely some of those houses, they have a camera as well, possibly even a ring video doorbell. I have these things on my property too. They are motion activated. Now, as a courtesy, this particular TikToker decided to activate the function that warns people. I do not warn you. You simply will be recorded, period. There's no warning on mine. I thought that was very courteous of this particular TikToker. And the Karen got upset. But the woman's actions did not go unpunished. In a follow-up video, Ms. Covert shows the woman being confronted by police across from her home. The Morrisville Borough Police Department, whose officers made contact with the woman, confirmed the incident with the Daily Dot. Here's a steal from that follow-up video. And the police, the department confirmed. They also confirmed that the woman was hit with charges as well. The charges include criminal mischief, disorderly conduct, destruction of property and trespassing. The woman is expected to appear in court in the next coming days. All right, yeah, we're gonna follow that court case. You see, you don't need new laws. I know these anti-Karen laws are popping up everywhere. Great, good, I support that. But you can also enforce the current laws that you have. That one action 
was a violation of multiple criminal codes. And that community decided to apply them all. Ms. Khan, the privilege is deep here. What are your thoughts? The entitlement, man, it's crazy. Yeah. You know what's funny about it is if she had a problem with being recorded, she could have just kept walking. She would have walked herself right. right out of the frame. But instead, she walked up to the camera, got her whole face, everything right there. We heard her voice. It's like, wait, it would have been so much easier to just keep walking. And who doesn't have one of those doorbells anymore? Does she have like some old school, like a door knocker or something on her house? Everybody has that. You have to right. be. You know, you have to know that. I had a ding dong ditcher the other day on mine, <laughs> and it was a little kid, and he just came up to my doorbell, looked in the camera, rang the bell, and then giggled and ran away. And I was like, it doesn't have the same effect as it did like in the 90s, but you know. Right. But people know there's a camera there. Kids know that, you know? Yeah, but that Karen wasn't gonna have that. She didn't like that, Ms. Khan. I'm glad that justice was was dealt to her because, you know, how often do we actually see that happen? New Jersey mayor, <laughs> a New Jersey mayor, this is so crazy. The city paid a bribe of $400,000 because multiple officials were recorded saying the N word, okay? All right, so he goes to them, they pay him money to shut up about it, and he does. I'm gonna give you this background. Uh, New Jersey paid $400,000 to silence a whistleblower who came forward with recordings from the former Republican mayor, police chief, and his associates for using racial slurs. But the whistleblower is now coming forward. Why? Because he says the town is withholding his pension. Now, I don't celebrate the whistleblower here because all of his actions have been very selfish, but I am celebrating the fact that I get to expose them all. All right. Antonio Manada. Former police lieutenant, let's put up his picture. That guy recorded several Clark Township officials using racial slurs and making derogatory statements, then threatened to file a lawsuit exposing them. But Clark officials ultimately decided to fork over $400,000 under an agreement that required the ex cop to turn over his recordings, that's called extortion and bribery. Bad guy, worse guys, okay? I'm going somewhere with this. Let's put up a picture of the mayor, Sal Bonacorso, a Republican, was the mayor in one of those racist recordings. There he is, okay? In one recording from 2019, Clark Township Mayor Sal Bonacorso, a Republican serving in his sixth term, was leaving a meeting with the Clark Recreation Center when an officer pointed out some ropes hanging from above and asked what they were. We effing hang the mm up there. Bonacorso responded as laughter filled the audio, said the report. Bonacorso also also said that he hopes there are never any women police officers and that every woman put on the force has been a blank disaster. Uh, let's put his picture up again, all right, the mayor, okay? He's the guy that's supposed to be in charge, okay? 
Now, let's go to the chief of police, Pedro Matos. In another recording, there's a conversation from 2019. The Clark police chief was talking about reopening a biased crimes investigation into the high school, into a high school incident, okay? I'm going to prove that them effing N words did it. That's what the chief said. He's the head investigator. He says he's going to prove those effing N words did it. The chief can be heard saying on the recording. In another recording, let's go to the eternal affairs guy. All right, that's the this is the guy that's supposed to save the day here, right? Everything else goes awry. He's the guy that comes in, and investigates, and says, boom, we got some internal corruption here, and I'm going to bring justice to this corruption. Well, in another recording, internal affairs, Sergeant Joseph Teston allegedly said a black suspect's mugshot reminded him of a National Geographic photo. And he said he had a big blank monkey head, okay? So let's go back to the cop again that started this whole thing with his recordings. The police officer who recorded them, he recorded them in various ways and got them on record saying the N word on his recording. He then goes to these officials, he says, I got y'all dead to the wrong here, now pay me money. Now he wasn't trying to expose this kind of corruption and bias and racism, he wasn't trying to do that. He just wanted some money for himself. And the only reason why we are aware that all of this racism existed at the highest levels, the only reason we know is because they decided not to pay him his pension. Okay, so he broke the rules of the bribery. All right, I'd be damned. Ms. Khan, thoughts here. When you talk about corruption, mm. it's not just, when you talk about government corruption specifically, it's not just in Washington, D.C., it's everywhere. Every state, every city, every town has its own local government and police department. The, the town I grew up in, in Connecticut, actually, we had, there was a lot of like mafia mob activity there. And our mayor went to prison. And then when he got out, he was reelected, you know? So you never know who is in charge of this place that you're living in, right? And there's only so much you can do to combat it. And then you have the issue of the bribery and the, the people who are complicit in perpetuating it, right? The people who don't speak up. And that's why you had all that ACAB stuff that came out a while ago, yep. because everybody is complicit in this, right? The people who choose not to say anything, but they know things, that's a problem, right? Because yep. they're letting it happen. And they're the ones that the people have trusted to uphold the law and also to protect them, right? So you have all these people who are saying all these things. They're kind of in like a vacuum, kind of like a frat boy, for lack of a better term, really, um, environment, right? It's hard to go against that, but you have to, right? That's why you're in that position because you're you're supposed to be held to a higher standard. You're supposed to be more ethical. You're supposed to function on behalf of the people. And it's very sad that we never really see that happen. And even in this case, it's only happening because that guy was mad and he wanted to get back at somebody. You know, right. It wasn't the justice of it, it wasn't the morality of it. Yeah, he wasn't recording them to bring them to justice. He was recording them so that they could get more money to him. All right. Yeah, he wants his money. That's right, okay. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, okay, we got a lot of comments. I'm gonna read a couple 
kind of pressed for time. I am Sock says, I think that punishment for Karen should be a drone camera following them whenever they leave the house. <laughs> yeah. All right, Twitch. I uh, I am Sock also says ring cameras are a double-edged sword for Karens. I agree. Lynn says agree. Whistleblower wasn't offended by the racism and its implications. He simply saw a paycheck. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's called systemic racism. Everybody was involved at some level, and they were in charge of systems. Okay, Ben Damn Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is somehow against the anti-lynching legislation that was passed, all right? President Biden signs a bill, says, hey, bad thing to lynch people. Good bill, should have been passed a long time ago. Primarily Republicans blocked it. So it's finally signed, it's law, bad thing. You cannot lynch people, all right? It has been used as a target and methodology against black folks for decades in this country and truly more, all right, more than decades. So Ben Shapiro puts his foot in his damn mouth, here it is. It's it's happening all the time, really, it's, it's not a relic of the past. I'm gonna read you the statistics on lynching in the United States, you ready? Here's some actual statistics compiled by the University of Kentucky. Okay, here we go, here are the lynchings by year and race, 1882. 64 white people were lynched, 49 black people were lynched. I mean, one of the great untold stories about lynching, of course, is that there is racist lynching. And there's a lot of non-racist lynching as well, right? There are white people who are lynching other white people for various crimes. So 1886, or in 1885, for example, 110 white people were lynched, 74 black people were lynched. Okay, but in 1898, at 101 black people who were lynched, 19 white people lynched. And, and these numbers are, they're horrifying, obviously. I mean, these are evil, evil crimes, what we are talking about right here. Grand total. I'm just going to give you the total because at a certain point, basically once you get past maybe 1909, pretty much everybody who's getting lynched is black. Yeah, that's why we have an anti-lynching bill, Ben. The bill that you were obviously against because it was used to target black people. You disproved the premise of your own proclamation. I know what happened to Ben here. Ben thought he had something. All right, Ben thought, hey, my conclusion is right. Let me start with my conclusion and give you the stats because I just know, even though I have not read none of this damn data that I'm giving you, it is going to say what I said in the beginning. And it did not. He looked foolish, okay? Uh, do your homework, Ben. That's how you come prepared. According to the NAACP, lynchings were public acts that white people used to terrorize and control black people in the 19th and 20th centuries, particularly in the South. Lynchings typically evoke images of black men and women hanging from trees, but they involved other extreme brutalities such as torture, mutilation, decapitation, and desecration. Some victims were even burned alive, all right? Let me give you some stats directly from the NAACP. From 1882 to 1968, 4,743 lynchings occurred in the US, according to records maintained by the NAACP. Other accounts include the Equal Justice Initiative's extensive report on lynching. Count slightly different numbers, but it's impossible to know for certain how many lynchings occurred because there were no formal tracking systems. Many historians believe the true number is completely un reported or underreported. Black people were the primary victims of lynchings. 3,446 or about 72% of the people lynched were black. 
But they weren't the only victims of lynching. Some white people were lynched for what? Helping black people or for being anti-lynching, okay? Immigrants from Mexico, China, Australia, and other countries were also lynched. In a 2021 piece about modern day lynchings for the friends of national legislation, lynching still exists today when police use lethal force to harass, harm, and kill black people. Lynchings have shaped, shifted when African Americans like Breonna Taylor are shot to death by police while sleeping in her bed. Lynching still exists today. When 28% of those killed by police in 2020 are black people, despite being only 13% of the population. Now, let me tell you what our dear brother Ben Shapiro suffers from. He suffers from white privilege, okay? It is a disease, preventable, but he chooses to take no steps to prevent it. You see, anything that sees itself or anything that reveals itself as being pro-black, well, typically pundits like Shapiro and others, they must take an opposition stand to it. These are the same people, many of them, who opposed black holidays, right, Juneteenth, okay? So the reality is this. Uh, The data pans out, Ben Shapiro was incorrect in his assessment. His conclusion uh, was a violation of the facts. And we wanted to expose the reality that the anti-lynching bill was a good bill to pass. Now, uh, they didn't campaign on that. I must add this caveat, they campaigned on things like the George Floyd Policing and Accountability Act. They said we would get criminal justice reform. They said that we would get the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. All right, I need these things. This is what you put on the resume, President Biden. We hired you based on what you put on the resume. It's great that you're doing these other things that were not part of the resume, but you put in a resume and we expect you to deliver. Ms. Khan, thoughts here. You know, I had to watch that clip a few times because I was like, what is he saying? What point is he trying to make? Why is he trying to make that point? You know, but it just goes into he he clearly was trying to make a point that feeds into the narrative that racism is not a real thing in this country anymore, at least not the way it used to be. But then he obviously didn't do his research. And as he's reading these things, it it was very clear to him and to everybody listening to him that the point he's trying to make is simply not supported by the data. Right, and even still, anti-lynching is still anti-lynching, right? <laughs> Unless he's like trying to make a case for equal opportunityism or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's it's still a good bill to have, even though it's targeting or you know it's benefiting, I should say, one demographic over another, and that's a demographic that he seems to believe is not being targeted the way that they actually are, even yeah. though there's so much evidence to support the fact that they actually are. Maybe he was making an argument against you know government inefficiency. Maybe he's saying we didn't need to waste time passing something like this because it's not a real problem. I don't know. I don't watch yeah. Ben Shapiro's show, and I'm not going to <laughs> because at some point you have to protect your own mental space. But uh, I, I like what happened though on air live with him. That was fun. That was interesting. And you yeah. know, uh, Republicans, conservatives, they spend a lot of time talking about and passing legislation. That solves no problem. For example, critical race theory, okay? Critical race theory is virtually not taught in K through 12 education, but it has become a great boogeyman. And here's the only test you need to apply to test the proclamation I just made. 
in the bills that are passed that are promoted as anti-CRT or anti-critical race theory bills. None of those bills possess the language critical race theory. They possess other language in the bill because the legislature, these Republican dominated legislatures are not passing a ban on actual critical race theory. They're passing legislation to hinder school teachers from teaching actual history if it relates back to a racial context. And the reality, Ms. Khan, is that the genesis of all of these bills have nothing to do with school teachers. School teachers did not lead this. You didn't you didn't see advocacy groups for school teachers or school teachers coming up saying we need to pass this legislation. We are taking cues in education from politicians, primarily Republican politicians, and then they are silencing school teachers from speaking out against the legislation that's being passed. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about government inefficiency, there are so many arguments that can and should really be made. And the CRT example is a great example of that because it's not a real thing. We know it's not a real thing, but they keep pushing it. And the more you say something, the more people believe it and the more people get afraid of it. So even if it's not a thing, they're like, well, maybe it will be one day. So there is an argument for government inefficiency, but this is not it. Whatever Ben Shapiro was trying to do, and that's giving him the benefit of the doubt, by the way. That that is what he was actually trying to argue, but we all know that probably isn't wasn't yeah. his goal. Yeah, yeah. Ms. Khan, he just effed up. That's all. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. He messed up. All right, uh, to my television, cable, linear audience, I bid you farewell. To those that are watching via streaming, we are continuing the program. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.